Welcome to the Make More, Keep More show, an irreverent but never irrelevant show dedicated to all things money. Hosted by Ron Carruthers and Dominic Cummins, two guys with 50 years of combined experience in sales and finance and a lifetime of talking nonsense. This is the Make More, Keep More show. We talk about everything related to money, making it, keeping it, um, having a better quality of life. And uh, I'm Ron Carruthers. This is my co-host, Dominic Cummins. The show is not the same without him. He tried to bail out of this morning's episode. I'm going <laughs> to tell you guys the particulars. Kind of kind of hurt my feelings a little oh, bit. Whatever. But, um, yeah, we're here. We are chatting. We've, uh, we've roughed up all our guests this year. So we were supposed to have a guest who actually works down the hall from me, Dominic. A really good guy. You know, I'm the one who tells everybody, look, your 401k sucks for a lot of different reasons um, that they don't tell you about, but there's exceptions to every rule. And when someone needs to stash a bunch of cash away, I send them down the hall to Ed McClure. And Ed's the one that sets up these crazy, not just 401k plans, but cash balance plans, deferred comp plans to find benefit plans where you can put a lot of money away a lot more than what they tell you you can do there uh, but like a lot of things you got to own a business for it so anyway his dad took ill so he had to leave town and um, he doesn't even know how long he's going to be there so we're keeping we're keeping him in our thoughts but we'll get him back soon and we do actually have howard book next week the world's fastest reader with tips on how to read and remember better for today, though, All you had a content. really good subject that you brought up to me that we were going to talk about. However, you brought it to me while I was overly jet lagged, and I believe I was flying right over Shreveport, Louisiana, while we were chatting about it and having so a drink. Was, let's let's bring up the the, the, the reality yeah, of the situation, was, dude. After the week I had, where I flew into on Sunday to Atlanta, drove up to Chattanooga, the next day met with a client in Chattanooga, then drove up to Nashville, which is a long drive. Met with another friend of mine, drove back to Chattanooga, then up to Dayton, Tennessee, which there's actually a Dayton in Tennessee, and then um, turned around and went back to Bremen, Georgia yesterday with Mark. Mark and I are working on a project I'll be announcing pretty quickly here, probably today or tomorrow, and uh, and then headed back to the airport. So, yeah, it was a long week. Yeah. But, like um, Good times. but, yeah, let's have it, man. You were talking about some problems you run into with some with your other business and some things that you see and we're going to chat about it dissect it yeah and i think this is we we actually and i think season one maybe talked kind of alluded to this a little bit but it's around this idea of uh the expression that i heard and i loved it phrased this way is what real estate are you spending your time in now we have legitimately talked about real estate as a specific topic about you know investments in real estate but this one was using that as an analogy. I, I was in a board meeting um, the other day and the former head of the organization is now the chairman of the board. Um, and there's a new head of the organization uh, running the day-to-day -day operations. And so he was making a comment. He was commenting about some of the struggles the new guy is having, who's a exceptionally smart individual, uh, you know, tons of experience. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously very, for the most part, very well qualified or, or very well qualified for the, the role. But he made this comment because the, there was a, there was people were saying, yeah, he's really, it's really tough to get on his schedule right now. And, 
And uh, he said, well, he's really spending his time in the wrong real estate. And we were like, what do you mean by that? And he goes, well, he's trying to be really nice to his staff. So he takes his assistant out to lunch every week. He uh, takes <laughs> out some of the people in, and, and not in any, there was no, I know you, we could interpret that a different way. That's not at all what's going on. It's just, he just uh -huh. takes, <laughs> takes her out to lunch every week, takes her out to I, lunch with no, a lot of his administrative, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what he's going to tell uh, his wife. A lot of his administrative staff, he takes them out um, and spends a lot of time. And, and, and sometimes I think we think as, as leaders, that's a really, and it is, there's a positive side to that as leaders to take your, your support staff out and, and make sure that they're well taken care of. But in this situation, he has political people he should be having lunch with that have meaningful relationships with this, this business. Uh, he could be taking out uh, other executives uh, in similar businesses and going to lunch with them. And it just, it got me thinking, because it was such a great, the more we talked about it, the more I realized that because this leader is struggling just a little bit, and again, nothing nothing negative, it's new to the, the role and everything, and everybody has goes through that little bit of struggle, but it got me thinking like, who are your counselors? That's, that's essentially what he was saying, is like the people who are giving him advice, the people who are trying to guide him right now are people that are, and this isn't, again, meant in any negative way, they're, they're below his level. They, they're not making decisions at his level. Where they're he, subordinates. They're subordinates. And where he could be spending time with people at or above his level to then influence things going on in his business. And, and just the framing of how he said that, like, where are you, where, what, what, you know, where are you spending your time? What real estate are you hanging out in? I thought was a really good topic for, for our t show because it, we talk about this, like who, who are the people around you? Where are you seeking counsel? And one of the things we realized in kind of talking through this entire situation is that he's defaulting to where he's comfortable. He actually came up through the, through the uh, organization on the risk management side. So he is spending a lot of time with the people kind of in that world, the risk management, the lawyers, the HR team. Those are the people he's taking out to lunch and spending because that's his comfort level. That's where he right. he 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 knows the language. He knows those things. Whereas the other aspects of the business aren't where his background is, you, you know. And, and I think of executives. I've seen this before. Is you know their their background is in sales, so they spend a ton of time in sales and don't want to get involved in the operational elements of the business. Right. Well, th that doesn't work when you get high enough. You have to start challenging yourself. You have to start surrounding yourself with those people. And so, this idea of where are you spending your time? Who, what real estate are you hanging out in? Where are you investing your time? And many of us, all of us, I would argue on this that are listening in and you and I, I mean, our schedules are tight. We don't have a lot of free time in there. Once you factor in things like, you know, the workouts, the time with your family, all that type of stuff, the, the working time is packed. So where are you spending it? And who are you spending it with? And where are you getting that advice from? It's a great point. I mean, I remember years ago, um, for those of you who don't know the backstory, I grew up lower middle class and um, we didn't own a home until we lived in apartments. Um, didn't own a home until I was, I think, 15. My parents bought their first son. My dad had done one little like rental um, with a partner. But I remember um, we had other family members who were financially more successful not in other areas but financially more successful my parents were awesome you know stayed married right until the end loved each other mom took care of dad but they 
dad barely graduated high school. Mom did not graduate high school. And I remember hearing a mentor just tell me, look, you are the sum. And it was somebody famous, or famous Charlie Tremendous Jones. He was an old sales trainer and author. And uh, he got his name, you know, how's it going? Tremendous. And um, they called him Charlie Tremendous Jones. But his, his point was, hey, you become the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. You know, and you can do that, by the way, Maisel Adon, I think, said we're the best experts. I think he was referring to us or she. I didn't mean to assume anybody's gender. Um, Whoever it was, thank you if you were, in fact, talking about us. We appreciate that. That was really nice. Um, And so you can't. And so your person here, despite I have suspicious motives about why he, my suspicions about why he keeps taking the one assistant out. But, you know, it's just me. Um, but even in, even that aside, and Dominic's assuring me and making faces it's, at me. So, I mean, please, I know all these so people, so you. I'm going to tell you it's not, okay. it's not the situation. But, but yes. Like what you said is, hey, he's not even dividing his time up among subordinates, peers, and superiors, you know, and even from a political standpoint, I don't mean that in the sense of politics. Um, anyway, um, I mean, it just in the political sense of making friends and learning other pieces of the position and getting to be known by them and getting to be seen by them, it's a poor move right. in your, in your personal life. This is where, you know, the importance of the books that you read and the podcasts that you listen to and the things that you do, that they be the equivalent of something filling you know an actual meal not not just candy and doritos and soda pop and things like that there's a place for that 100 percent. right you know my go-to back in the day they still print this i didn't know they did if i had a bad week it was a bottle of wine bag of potato chips and a national inquirer and for those of you who don't know <laughs> national inquirer is like a gossip rag it'd be i don't know i don't even know what the online equivalent is but it's not the 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 store equivalent is it's cotton candy or cheese puffs or something like that. Right. Yeah. But I think Jim, Jim Rohn is who's usually given the credit for the sum of the, the sum of your personality or whatever is the average of the five people you hang out with. But, but yeah, I think, and who knows if he got it from somewhere else and, and your guy that you mentioned, but like, yeah, I, and I think, and, and that applies because you bring up an interesting point about like, what, what are you listening to? What are you reading as well? Because you and I, oops, um, you and I are well aware too, and have always kind of operated under the thought is what you fill your mind with, right? So if you're if you're watching junk television, which again has its place, hundred percent all the time, you're it's like what what personalities you can start to take, like you are in essence are associating with those people, like they're that's who you are inviting into your house through your TV and all that stuff. So just just that caution around like. Yes, there's a place for it. Yes, he should take his his subordinates out to to lunch. There, there's there that's a there's a great play to that. It's interesting because the former chairman goes, I think I took my secretary out. He's a little on the older side, but he was like, I think I took my secretary out, uh, you know, six times in twelve years. 
And I was like, well, so there's a middle ground there, right? Like, that's, I think that's five times more than I've taken mine out. So well, <laughs> I think we had one off-property business meeting. So, however, I bring lunch in a decent amount. And there's another way. And so, and then in, in you, you treat, I think Stephanie would be, you know, typically say she's, hand, you know, treated well and everything as well. And I think for like me, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. I don't remember how many times I took when I was in corporate America, I took my assistant out. I gotta be honest, uh, but but definitely did stuff, uh, you know, for her on her behalf. I certainly see my more current assistant uh, a lot more because we're family. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's but that. so there is an element of that. There's there's an importance to that. But yeah, where are you? And and I think some of it can come out to a comfort level too, right? If you're if you're just not feeling. Like, are, are you hesitant to invite those people out? Is it some imposter syndrome saying like, hey, I don't want to associate with those people? I mean, there's got to be, you got to look at the, the motivation as to why you're not willing or, or open to doing those things. And by the way, I'm, we'll make it easy for you. If you're going to do, I got another point I want to go off on in a second, but if you're going to be going out with superiors and you're uncomfortable, just write a list of four or five questions and let them do all the talking. Yeah. They'll think you're brilliant. And this is where How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is an all-time classic um, by Dale Carnegie. And basically, I haven't read it in years. But the principle is if you guys haven't read it, it's fantastic because it just points out the basic principle that people really like to talk about themselves. And so if you're in that position, you know, my advice to your guy would be, Look, man, go with them. You don't have to stay a whole lot. Just ask questions. How long have you been in this position? How many kids do you have? Tell me, what do you, what do you like to do in your spare time? What led what you I here? Know about this position? Yeah, what, yeah, what, what led you here? Yeah, and, and it's um, interesting because you talk about every single person who, th- like, in we talked about job interviews for a couple of shows. Every Whoever does the most talking, in my experience, whoever does the most talking thinks the interview went exceptionally well. <laughs> and that's interesting that's why be- I like the podcast where i get to do all the talking exactly because they're you like dom you did a, fantastic dom that that episode that you did a lot of talking it was terrible but that one that i did all the talking was awesome but we in it's human nature is, is that if we're talking and 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 somebody's you know soliciting our opinion and and we're you know feeling good about sharing and they're they seem like they're engaged with it we tend to think the conversation's amazing so if you are to your point struggling with what real estate do I go spend my time in? Like the people real estate, do I spend my time in? It might be that you need to have some conversations with people. And then, like you said, ask questions, just, just come up with three or four. And it really doesn't take much. You're absolutely right. It might only take one. I mean, we've all had those conversations. One good question. They talk for an hour. To the race. Yeah. Yeah. Let me give you, let me give you another, another couple of thoughts you guys on this. When Dominic talks about what real estate you spend your time in, here's another thing to think about. Somebody came up with, uh, you got to have 10,000 hours to be a master at something. I think um, the mastery guy, I think that was even the book, Mastery from the Art of War, not the Art of War, but the um, 48 Laws of Power and whatever, that guy. You mean it wasn't Dan and Shay that came up with the 10,000 hours? No, 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 no. The guy who did the, um, he also did a book with 50 Cent that's a really good one called The 50th Malcolm Gladwell, I think is. Nope, 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 nope. It'll come to me. But anyway, he wrote the book, you know, and someone talked about the 10,000 hours to get good at anything or become a master of it. And I don't know. I think it kind of, they made it up. 
But if you needed to speaking back to the real estate that you spend your time in, the if you read 30 minutes a day or listen to a podcast 30 minutes a day, in a year, you will have spent the equivalent. Let's do that math real quickly. It's about 180. It's the equivalent divided by 40. It's about almost five weeks, four and a half weeks of just 30 minutes a day. Uh, good morning, Brennan. And um, all of a sudden, you may not be a master at something, but you're going to be an expert in it right. as far as these things go. And it's that little bit that adds up. By the same token, when you talk about real estate, some of us um, really grew up with a kind of a, a, a lack mindset about things and, you know, a scarcity or a poverty mindset. There's there's something to be said for spending some time in places where lots of money flows freely just to get that out of your head that there is a scarcity of resources around. Yeah, I mean, if you sit at the airport, you know, down by the flying club I belong to, and you sit there, they got a nice little deck outside, and you sit there on a Friday afternoon, you're going to watch jet after jet after jet come rolling in and people jumping out, you know, that are normal people that have the resources to travel by private jet. Now, is that how you should be spending your resources? No, but it gets it in your brain or going and occasionally working at a Ritz-Carlton, you know, just spending spending a time at the nicest hotel in town in the lobby, just working, using their internet and drinking their coffee, you can see people coming in and out and it just puts your head in a different space. So something to think about. And, and again, it, the, the, and see a lot of these issues that you're talking about, like, because remember, I think one of our early episodes, people were like, we were talking about there's no shortage of money and we got some comments about that like oh yes there is and it's tough economy or whatever you know th- those those types of things and anytime oh, we yeah, do some... let's, yeah let's not get wrong the economy sucks. yeah but know? i mean there's no it doesn't but... mean that we can't sell something it doesn't mean that there aren't people out there to buy stuff that doesn't mean that there's not money being moved around there there is money there might be a tightening of money but there is plenty of money and again it comes back to some of these issues that we have are a mindset issue which you and i talk about a lot but then it, how do you solve the mindset? One of the solutions is go do something simple like that and go observe. And you're right. You can go to a local, you know, if you have a Four Seasons near you or a Ritz Carlson, they're not going to stop you from coming into the lobby or a Conrad or something and going and sitting there in the lobby and having a, having a $25 cocktail or some coffee and, and watching and you'll see it. Like it's, it's, there's no question. There's people out there spending money or still people checking in. There's still people laying by the pool. There's still people, you know, at high end steakhouses. It is nice to have lovely CJP back. Yes. She says there's always money to be found. Um, so yeah, there's people still going to high end steakhouses. I was in Nashville, uh, not Nashville, Chattanooga, at the Reed Hotel, which is a really nice hotel. If you guys have to stay in Chattanooga, highly recommend. Um, it's in like a 150-year-old building. And they had a steakhouse attached to it, which was fantastic. Like old school steakhouse, Frank Sinatra playing, you know, uh, waiters in white jackets, like Gibson's up in Chicago. And I went on a Sunday night about 9.15 because I'd just gotten in. And I'm like, man, travel. You know, I don't love it. So the least I can do is I get a good steak. And it was packed on a Sunday night at 9.15, you know, where steaks were 50 to 150 bucks. Right. And sides were 15 and drinks were 20. 
And it was it was a great experience, great dinner, but it was packed on a Sunday night. And every night I walked by that place, it was packed. So it's it's out there. You've got to be careful that you don't end up in your little bubble. And that doesn't mean that work is a ton and it doesn't mean we don't have empathy for, you know, tech workers that are losing their jobs sure. or things like that. That's not what we're trying to say at all. But, but since this show is the make work, keep more, we're trying to give you guys some of the tools that we've seen over and over again, people use to, to better themselves economically. Well, and I'll tell you, like over the years when I, when I worked obviously more in corporate America at the time, but you know, when I would look for people that, that were on my future list of promotions, I would watch who they were hanging out with. Cause you know, when you live in, when you work in corporate America, you can always hang out with the people who are going to, it's easy to find the, the people in the team that are going to complain about the boss, complain about the pay, complain about the company's new decision. But I was watching for the people that surrounded themselves with the people who were also trying to achieve a trying to have success. I was, you know, y yes, they'd be somebody be like complaining about this or that. And they'd be like, ah, eh, no, that's that's. But I'd watch the next response. Like, was there a positive thing? Like, yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, we could still go sell something. It'll, it'll work out or whatever. And and that is kind of to what you're talking about the ability to make more money comes a lot from the the ability to surround yourselves with the right people and if you're constantly with people who are going to talk about god this economy sucks which it does but if you're this economy sucks this is terrible you know are the leaders of this country are doing the wrong thing and you, you constantly hear the negative you're probably going to slip into that but if you start to go surround yourself with people who are like yeah yes but here's the things that I'm doing to overcome it. Here's how I'm being successful. Um, you know, it, it helps reset your opinion and it, it helps you see like, okay, yes, things aren't, you know, as sparkly nice as they were a few years ago, uh, but they are, but you still have the opportunity to do things and succeed. You still can get promoted at work. You can get a raise. You can still do things, but you have to position yourself. Like the person that would come to me and ask for a raise uh, and then I'm, but I'm like, yeah, but I haven't heard you nonstop complaining about how terrible this company is. Like, why would I invest more money in you? Like, I mean, I'm not right. Like that was it's, you, boo, right? yeah, I mean, why don't, why don't you get a raise by leaving, you know? Yeah, and, that, yeah. and then especially since I usually running sales, sales teams, I mean, how about you get a raise by going and selling something? Cause you know, yeah, we have this compensation plan. Just try that sales yeah. man or woman. Right. So it's. <laughs> But I noticed that coming from those people who weren't surrounding themselves with the right people. If they were in the little complaining group, then their performance dropped, their their attitude dropped. But the people who surrounded themselves with like, let me just go hang out with the top producers. Well, I would have people who would, I used to have the number one sales rep in the country at my company. This was at a big Fortune 500 company. Number one sales rep in the country. She just, you know, you met her one time. And that, you know, head and shoulders above everybody else that's not even a she's the one that liked me right yeah 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 not the one that hated you for unknown reasons yeah, um I haven't figured that one out but uh <laughs> but you know and and i but the smart reps would say like hey can i take you out to lunch and would find out what she's doing or would say like can i go yeah. on a ride with you we had people who came in from out of the area to come just like hey can i just spend the day with you like figuring out what you're doing that's when you see people who are going to succeed because they're surrounding this, they're, the theme today. Like what real estate are you spending your time in? Not physical real estate, but like people real estate. You only have so much time. Where are you spending it? And who are you spending it with? Well, if you even think about TV, what do they call TV? It's 
program, right? Your TV, you know, what program are you watching? Think about that word, program. You are literally programming yourself mm-hmm. or they are programming you. And um, TV has been used, you know, and, and film media has been used in some really good ways, like to break through some of the racial prejudice we had. You know, there's were certain, you know, comedy shows and movies and things like that that really helped break through some of that by mocking it. Right. And um, at the same time, it, it, it is programming because you're putting things over and over into your mind. And if that's not what you want, um, then you've got to counteract that. And the other point that I would make on that is people give, people make money in good and bad economies. Right. And particularly for those of you that you know are looking at starting a side hustle or running a side hustle, or looking at getting something, investing in real estate, it's going to be, I think we're about to go into a market where there's going to be a lot of opportunity because houses won't automatically be going up 20% a year and markets won't necessarily be going up 20% a year. So you can learn things like trading, like buying real estate, like selling, because a lot of the competition will fall to the programming that the economy is terrible, business is terrible, everything is going. So it's just something to really think about and really watch what you're putting into your brain as carefully as if you were trying to maintain a healthy weight or lose weight or get in shape for anything, you would be much more careful about what you're putting into your body there. Well, um, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, Ron's a huge fan. If you haven't heard, he's a huge fan of the wire and, and we have to constantly stop him from becoming a drug dealer in Baltimore. Greatest show of all time. Has anyone, would anyone disagree with that? Has anyone watched all five seasons on here that would not say that wouldn't agree that it's one of the top shows of all time? I think it's the best, but I would love to hear. Anyway, you were making a point about the show that you still have not that you seen. would want to it, go be a blood drug dealer in Baltimore. It was a joke, but you ruined it. So, but no, the, the, <laughs> Uh, and, uh, somebody, so I went by in the comments, somebody paid us a compliment. Thank you for doing this live. It's our, it's our pleasure. We, we love it. So, um, but, uh, yeah. And, and again, it's where it, the attitude, somebody's always making money. So put yourself around those people who are and find out what they're doing. And yeah. it's, it's an easy, it's a fairly easy solution to, to do, but you are going to have to put yourself out there. It may mean you have to do some networking. It may mean you have to go out and, and, uh, I mean, you and I are both, although I'm probably going to drop my membership, but we're, we're both members cause I never go cause the club's too far away now, but we're I both have to do the same. I was thinking about doing the same thing cause I never use it either. Yeah. But we both belong to a club. You can go to the places where you can go, you know, spend some time there. I mean, I was telling my, was telling Ivana, my wife, uh, well, you know that, but the audience may not know she's my wife. Uh, I was telling Ivana the other day, like, thank goodness for golf, because I met this guy who's, who could have a meaningful impact on my career in the coming, you know, a, a business and everything in the coming months because, and I, and I, I met him at a meeting, but then we shared golf in common. So I invited him out and said, let's go, let's go play. And that led to a friendship and further business and, you know, just a great piece of it. So it's, it's just put, you got to put yourself out there, but you've got to be careful where you are. And the easy thing to do is to 
settle into what your comfort zone is, which may be some of your close friends, which again, time and place. Like we had Josiah, you mentioned the, the, the food on here. We had Josiah, uh, I don't remember, what's his Novak is I think his last name. Novak. Yeah, the so transformation. The, we had last season, I think it was, we had Josiah on, if you want to go back and listen to just one, a great episode about scaling his business. He's like tripled his business. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing what he's done, but he's also a fitness coach. And we, the topic of alcohol came up and he was just like, look, ultimately it's poison in your body, but I'm not saying I'm not going to, you know, he was like, I'll have a bourbon with you, Dom. Like you, you have to be careful about that. Like what, so offset it with something, right? What is your, uh, you know, um, how are you going to balance that out with something else? Just be careful how much you consume. So we're not saying not watch junk TV. We're not saying don't hang out with your friends and, and subordinates or whatever. We're not saying any of that. We're just saying it like anything in moderation, balanced with yep. something and make sure you're spending some time out there. What started this whole conversation for those of you joining us late on the Make More, Keep More show is um, Dominic has a, an associate who just got promoted to a new position, but he's spending all of his time only with subordinates, no, not peers and not um, superiors. And so that's kind of what drove this conversation about the real estate you spend your time in. Um, John, good to see you. John asks, what's your most preferred way to build a network of these high-value individuals? For me, um, Dominic, I'll let you answer in a second, but I joined um, early in my career. I lied to get into a mastermind group um, of people making seven figures. And I lied and said I was making seven figures. And I think once I got there, it was pretty clear. <laughs> I, had lied to get, I had lied to get in the room. I mean, I didn't really lie. It was more of an embellishment. <laughs> But I'm in a group with people, guys flying in on their private jets. So I met Ron Legrand there, um, who, if you guys don't know Ron or of Ron, Ron is the smartest guy I've ever met about real estate, about buying and selling real estate and getting rich with no money, no credit, basically. I mean, you need some money. But um, Ron's built an empire multiple times over. Now, he'll tell you he makes more money from training real estate than actually by selling it himself, but he still does a seven-figure business buying and selling. I believe he has an eight-figure business training. And if any of you guys want to learn it, by the way, I don't I don't even have an affiliate link for Ron. Ron has great training. And not, I don't love him just because he, his name is Ron. But I got to hang out with a guy flying in on his private jet with his whole team and see the way his mind work about, worked about scaling his business. I was there in 2008 with him when all of the that began to kind of crash really interesting there was a um there was a dentist in there he was actually on for a, a little bit i don't know if he's still on charlie martin who had this massive cosmetic dental business you know where he would charge three times what someone else would charge at the time if i recall correctly but i got to see the way he built his practice and how people he interacted with them and so john i would say a mastermind group if you can find one and particularly one of different industries than mm -hmm. the one that you're in, because if you go to the same industry ones, which isn't bad because you can see what people are doing, you know, like if you're a dentist and um, Lizzie, it was Ron Love Grand, one word. He's a um, grumpy old grandpa, probably in his late seventies. He's kind of funny, smart. Oh my God, this dude's smart. And, um, you know, hi there, I'm Ron Legrand. And he dresses like my grandpa used to dress. He dresses like a grandpa. You'll know him right away. And he's got like a thousand YouTube videos and, and some really good training in a club. You can join for like 59 bucks a month. We should 
you know what? Let me see if we can get him on one of these days. If okay. I can't get him, we can probably get Lou Brown, one of his, one of his, um, like proteges, who's really successful also. But the point was back to John's question: is I would see if you can find a mastermind both inside and outside of your business. Um, yeah, that's the point. He was saying the cross industry perspective because you hang with too many, you know, tech dudes. Yeah, because people like everyone in the insurance business kind of does what every other guy in the insurance business yep. does. I mean, for years it was if you meet with the insurance guy, they give you a calendar, and everybody get a calendar like a day timer calendar for meeting with the insurance guy or an atlas or something. Um, oh, you know Lou? Yeah, Lou's a trip, right? Um, but Ron, like Lou's like one of the children. Ron's like the dad, um, and it's L E G R A N D. Yeah, Lou's hilarious. I had four Merlots on a 90-minute flight with Lou once. And then he got to get up the airplane in Atlanta and go home. And I still had a four-hour flight back to San Diego that I slept through. <laughs> but the cross-industry, you get to see what other industries are doing. And you get to, um, from there, get ideas that you wouldn't get inside your own industry. Your own industry is great because you get to see what the most successful people like um your salesperson that people were smart enough to take out to lunch you know or follow her around and see what she actually did that was different from what they were doing because success leaves clues you know you watch somebody you can figure out real quickly what made her successful whether it was her activity level or whatever it was you know Sorry for that rant. Where were we again? Well, we're actually answering John's question about where would you find, how would you build a network of high value individuals? John who? Who are you people? Oh, I got to tell you guys one quick story. Sorry. Somebody on there came in, Dom, that was fishing is my game. So I went fishing on Thursday, Wednesday with the fishing team at Bryan College. (laughs) So first of all, I'm from California. I didn't know schools had competitive fishing teams, but apparently down south is this kind of a big deal. So it's all these 19 and 20 year olds with big pickup trucks and bass boats and, you know, all the Garmin equipment to find the fish and stuff. And um, we went out. So he caught a fish. The um, colleague that I was going with caught three fish on a tree branch. (laughs) And so finally, after... um, Finally, after, you know, she'd gotten her third photo with her fishes, I'm like, and I'm photo slave, right? Snapping away. Um, I'm like, you know, I got, a, I got like a little branch and I held it up. I'm like, I want a picture with my branch since that's what I caught. So the joke is, yeah, my wife's like, it's not even a branch. It's like a twig. I'm a vegan fisherman, Dom. That's... My daughter, my daughter Lexi will be very happy. Yeah, and Lizzie, Lou can definitely hold his liquor. And I, I got out with him by 60 pounds, and he still it was impressive. Um, but I, the I, masterminds for, for finding people, I think, is a great one. Um, I have not obviously joined it but i've sent you the information on it i mean perry belcher's new mastermind actually looks pretty legit and i'm usually pretty anti who's doing what but i know some of the guys i know some of the people who are part like some of the instructors and trainers of them and that's pretty pretty decent one could be worth looking into you might have to depending on where you are in your business might have to fib a little bit on your your uh net worth though i don't think perry really cares as long as you're you're decent and as long as your check clears as long as your check clears but 
Yeah, I think that that mastermind thing or, or some sort of group, and which is also an investment in yourself, by the way, because those things are usually not cheap. Um, I don't think the mastermind you joined was cheap. The one I was in was not cheap. I mean, I think mine was, I don't know, you won't have to correct me if I'm wrong, but like 2,500, 3,000 a month. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a decent check you're writing, but you're absolutely right. You go to these places, you go to a quarterly event, for instance, I mean, what was in London one time and like just, just hearing people talk about what they're doing with their businesses and things. I mean, it really does give you some other perspective. And out of that, you get some friends, you get some people that you talk to, some people you can bounce an idea off of, or, or also works well. Sometimes they text you to bounce an idea off of you. And, you know, if you're like me, you suffer from a little imposter syndrome here and there, it's pretty cool to get a text message from somebody who you have a lot of respect going like, Hey man, you said something at the mastermind I thought was really interesting. Do you mind like expounding on that a little bit or whatever? Um, you, I know you got to participate a lot in some of the masterminds you've been in, like where they've actually invited you up on stage to speak. Um, yeah. that create, I had, had the same thing. I got to speak to a lot of the mastermind or even when I was like digital marketer in there, which isn't technically a mastermind. Um, but you know, invited to speak at a lot of events for them. I mean, it really does build your network and all of a sudden you have all these people that, you know, it's, it's great. And it does help you change your perspective. And you see people that are making money. You also see the other side of it too. You, you, like any group, you're going to have the complainers. You're going to have the ones who are sitting over there going like, man, the market sucks. And I don't like the politics and I don't like this and whatever. Don't associate with those people. Stay with the people who are like, yeah, so this is how I made a million dollars this year. Cool. (laughs) Let me go figure out how, and you may not be in that, that league. And I've certainly been outclassed in these masterminds myself, but can it make you another hundred grand that year? I mean, that that's, that's what, that's what we're looking at. And is that meaningful for you? Probably I would imagine for most people on this call, another hundred grand or another 50 grand, even in a given year would be meaningful. It helps, right? It's a game, so, cha- it's a game changer. Yeah. I mean, for most people, a few hundred dollars a month is a game changer. Sure. So, and by the way, that's exactly what I was doing down in Tennessee in the first place. It was a mastermind group led by a guy I respect it wasn't, it was more, a little more training, but he made sure we had dinner at his house. We went out to dinner the next day. He arranged the fishing trip, you know? So I got a, um, I, you know, it was just a great time to, I got some teaching points. I got some things you guys will be seeing me post. So mastermind is a great way. Dominic loves golf. I do. Lovely CJP mentions attend a fundraising dinner for a clause close to what you're interested in restaurants close to a headquarters of an industry you're interested in totally. great tips i mean i Both saw um great. walter bond was he the little tiny little uh point guard for the pistons or something like that i don't remember i don't know man he has a great story i'll, I'll find his name i think it's walter bond and um he spoke in an event um once and his Speech was great, real inspiring, you know, because he had to overcome a lot to make it to the NBA. He was six foot five, so I don't think he was the little guy you were talking about, but he was uh, NBA guy. What was his? How how tall was he? Six five. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, never mind. He's not a he's not a little point guard. (laughs) But there was something in there. There was something in there. Yeah. And by the way, I used to go up to Clippers games when Earl Boykin played with them, and I think he was five five. And he was. I mean. How good do you have to be to be in the NBA at five five? Yes. Yeah. And um, and the other thing is like, how many times do you think people laughed at him and pointed at him and are like, dude, he's never going to be in the NBA? Yeah. And uh, so yeah, know, be careful. But Walter Bond had a great point, which is yeah, definitely get involved in charity, you know, particularly events. And he's like, look, you get to dress up for some of these yeah. things, you get to, you get to help out, you meet interesting people. The business club 
that Dominic mentioned, we've met a ton of interesting people there and um, they do a lot of classes. Classes are great, you know, because, or, or dinners or charity things, because you're just sitting with people who have, you know, have interesting stories. Not always, but a lot of times they do. Well, and this, is, I think, great. you know, we hear that concept of like, you got to spend money to make money and, and there's truth to that. And that, you know, but where do you spend it? I mean, a charity event is a great one to go because you can, sometimes not end up spending a ton of money to go to it. I've been to a couple of charity events over the, Yvonne and I have gone over the last few years and it's uh, awesome. Like we, we've went to um, uh, the, what is uh, one of the children's uh, not St. Jude, but one of those really uh, obviously do awesome work for children with cancer. Um, we went to one of their events. It was a lot of fun. They did a boxing match there, which I'm not even that into boxing, but it was just kind of cool. They did like, interesting uh chair auctions while they were there and then it was like um then we got to sit at a table full of like i mean i sat at the chief uh, the guy who was the chief legal, legal counsel for uh uh herbal life <laughs> like yeah all of a sudden you're you're in like you're in a world now you're like oh, okay so you, you got you got some shekels to rub, rub together right i mean you're, you're talking um somebody who's like serious net worth. And so you're like, wow, okay, this is who's at these charity events. And so it's, it's a really great opportunity. And I won't say we've become friends, but we've seen each other at other charity events and had further conversations and stuff. And it hasn't necessarily led to things, but it is from a business perspective for me per se, but it has been, it's just interesting to hear their thoughts. It resets your mind a little bit on somebody who's in that plays in that kind of arena uh, who's, you know, doing investment deals that are 10, you know, 50 million, a hundred million dollar investment deals. Like now you're starting to go like, wow. And so, so lovely CJP was spot on. Those are, that's a great place to go. And, and yeah, go sit at a, at a bar. You don't have to get hammered at a bar. I mean, you really shouldn't get hammered at a bar if you're going to go sit by <laughs> Not if you're trying to do business. corporate headquarters, but like, you know, have a drink and talk to people golf. The hard part about it is, and I do love it for this, but you know, you gotta be, I typically go with my buddy who's, I'm not the outgoing chatty with everybody kind of person he is. And so we go and then every once in a while, like when we want to meet interesting people, we play a nice golf course and we just go as a twosome and see who they pair us with. And so sometimes you end up with some like, okay, that dude was nuts. But other time you get some really interesting people at the end of it, you exchange business cards. I mean, I, I end up playing golf uh, not that long ago with an executive from the Clippers, since you mentioned the Clippers earlier. Nice. And then it turns out he sits on the board for like Los Angeles County fire, who I do work for. Like, I mean, how crazy is that? Right. Um, you know, so it's, it's the, yeah, just put yourself out there is what you got to do. But it's, again, it's the back to our theme. What real estate are you playing in? What, you know, so people real estate. So I got a comment. First of all, Lizzie, thank you so much for the kind words. And um, a tip for anyone who is inspired to watch The Wire. The Wire made one kind of fatal mistake, which I think is why they didn't get, why it's beloved, but it never got the traction in real time, which is the first couple of episodes, they dumped 30 main characters on you. Like literally just, they dump you into this universe of all these drug dealers and all these police officers and all these different things. And it's, it's totally overwhelming. So you have to just stick with it, Lizzie, for a couple of episodes. You might even need to watch first episode or two twice, but once you get the universe and get why these drug dealers who dress the same as these drug dealers don't like each other and why these cops who dress the same as these other cops are rivals, 
then the whole thing, it just unfolds like a really well-told novel. And thank you again for the kind words. Um, glad, you're, glad you're enjoying this show. Yes. Um, we have, by the way, you guys can listen to all the back episodes at makemorekeepmoreshow.com or Apple, Spotify, any of the podcasts. And Dominic adds like music to it and, you know, gets it all fired up. It's really good. Um, if you think about what's the theme here, the theme is, I think of everything that we've discussed so far, what started this whole conversation is be willing to get outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Be willing to, whatever it is, if you're a tech nerd, then be willing to, you know, move away from just being with your tech bros and go into another area. If you're a corporate executive and you it's at a soulless, you know, soul crushing job, then learn to invest in real estate or learn to trade, you know, or learn some other thing. Um, we're doing Dominic with our friend Mark that's been on the back show. I'm going to do a challenge in a couple of weeks, basically like one week of an hour or two of training a day. I'm going to do some talking about taxes. He'll do some talks about trading. But I was at his house the other day. Dude, I've been in financial services a long time. And he showed me stuff I had no idea, even with having all the licenses that I have. Kind of in the same way that a lot of tax professionals, you know, know how to prepare a return, but don't necessarily know how to save money. So I think the whole lesson here is just broaden your horizons. Be careful where your time and energy is spent and go from there. I'll give an example of that too, because you said, you know, go spend time out of your comfort zone. Some part of the reason why I think we sometimes don't want to spend time out of our comfort zone uh, is like, well, I could never end up there. So let me give an example. Like, let's say you're, let's say you're the tech guy and you're like, I would love to own my own business, but I just can't do that. And I, I'm not good at sales or I'm not good at having conversations with people. I know how to write code or whatever. Well, go spend some time with people who have great sales conversations and and don't know anything about writing code so you can pick up the other and here's the great way to do it kind of full circle because one of the things you mentioned is you don't have to do all the talking you can ask some questions of people and get them talking and, and find out their background yeah. i was at a meeting the other day we ran an exercise this is uh, one of the things we do for our leadership training but we did it for this this at this meeting i was at we did a, an exercise where we do like a listening exercise. The, the point of the exercise is to actually teach you listening skills. But like we actually have somebody you, you sit back to back to each other and we ask them a question. We say, how did you this was this was a meeting with the fire service. And I we said to the like, tell the story of how you ended up here. Actually, this was a meeting that had other people in it than fire service people. So there's one guy who is a former chief. Uh, of, of the of a fire department. He's longtime firefighter and everything. So he's paired up with a guy who was like a, a CIO of a company, she, you know, so a tech guy for, for all purposes. And I was curious to see how that, that conversation would go. I mean, they're going to be really friendly right? with each other and professional <laughs> and everything, but like one would think the one guy, his family's from um, Nicaragua. The other guy's family, I think was from India or, you know, like nothing about them seems like it would be the same. Yeah. By the end of it, and this happens every time we run this exercise, by the end of it, they were like, oh my God, I can't believe how much we had in common. And so that's the thing when you get somebody talking. So why, why do I bring that up? Because back to that example, let's say you are a tech guy and you want to go out on your own, but you can't do all those other things. You, you're, you're, that's self-limiting beliefs. Like you just think you can't. 
go talk to somebody who's doing that. You may find out that you're darn near the same type of person they are. It's just somewhere on the fork of the road, you went a different path than they did. It's so then it shows you, it reinforces like, I could do this. I'm absolutely capable. If that guy can do it, I can do it too. And so that's where that opportunity, whether it be at marketing events or, or not marketing events, excuse me, charity events, uh, a mastermind, uh, you know, go to, you and I went to Traffic and Conversion Summit a bunch when Digital Marketer put, puts that out, like, right? Um, I mean, I spoke at it a few times, but you're the one who turned me on to them in the first place. You meet all sorts of business owners and, you know, you can meet some losers there too, but like have some conversations. I think this year they're moving it to Vegas. Like it's a great thing to go to. Um, you know, you're, you're gonna, um, well, not just cause it's Vegas, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good show. Like, so put yourself out there and then just ask a question or two. And like Ron said, if you have to write those questions down, cause you're not normally an extrovert or whatever, fine. No problem. I'm the same way. Ask a couple of questions, getting, get them going. Here, here's a question for you. Actually, one of the questions my buddy asked, who's uh, awesome. Like just incredible best networker I've ever known. His opening question for anybody, when he meets people, he goes, all right, let me ask you this. What's your Mount Rushmore of music? Who are the four musicians you'd put on the And oh my gosh, the conversations that sparks people <laughs> right, are like, Oh my gosh, geez, I don't know. And then, you know, like, Oh, Prince. And then now my buddy's got the additional gift that he'll sing a Prince song and then he'll like, he'll go with it. But like, it's an, inc I've turned people onto that question. Like if you, if you suck at networking events, like I do just ask people like, Oh, it's great. I'd say like, Hey, I've been asking people this. The main thoughts, who's your Mount Rushmore music? It sparks so much great, great question. So who's your Mount How who's your Mount Rushmore, Ron? Oh man, it's early for that. Well, dude, Led Zeppelin's one of the all-time greatest. Yes, right. I love Led Zeppelin. Um, let's see. I love Molly Crew, but I also, dude, I I love Erica Badu, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I don't know, and I love Willie Nelson. Like, I don't like any of the new country stuff. If Chris Stapleton comes out this way, I might go see him and I like the Zach Brown band. But uh, yeah, man, Willie, Willie's the man. So I would say if you looked at my playlist, that's probably who gets played the most on there. What about you, D? See that seeing that there what's the greatest uh, that is that is a foursome I have not heard before. I would I would say, yeah, if you're gonna like a rock, Led Zeppelin's one of them. Um the uh Credence, I think is another one. Uh, and then, um, just cause I love what influence they had on a lot of other musics and, and really broke down like race barriers and stuff in the early days. I really, I really appreciate their story. Uh, Prince has got to be on there just for all that he added to music. I love Prince. You know what? Now I'm sorry, brother Prince that I cheated you out of a spot. See, <laughs> see, you gotta add Prince John, on there. And it's John, we'll tell you the story of how we met one of these days. Um, it's actually pretty funny. We won't, we don't have time for today, but. Yeah. Um, okay, who else? Let's have it. Uh, By the way, see. while you're yeah. while you're speaking of it, I gotta give you guys for all you guys with imposter syndrome, I have a homework assignment for you. Go get a picture of Earl Boykin. Look him up if you guys have never heard of him, and get a picture, get a picture of his face, and I get a picture of him on the court. Dude was five five in the NBA. And I would look at that picture every day and I'd be like, if this dude <laughs> Little man can be in the NBA going up against, you know, dudes that are 6'10 and 6'11 and holding his own. And, it, it, you know, he wasn't like a fluke. He wasn't playing for the Globetrotters. 
he was playing for the Clippers for a while, and I forget who else we played for. And he was because we used to go to those games, and he was fast and and crazy good. And you'd be like, if that guy can be in the NBA and have the career that he did, well, I can do X, you know. So yeah, it was crazy, Chef Team. It was absolutely all oh, Nuggets was who he was at. Also, that's right. Yeah, I, I would just watch like what did I just see? Yeah. Well, so, you know, right, we well, used to go to Charger well, games well. and watch um, Darren Sproles. Sproles. He was five foot six. Like, I, it's just unbelievable. I remember the first game, the preseason game that we watched him play. I don't know if you were with me, but the very first time he hit the field, you know, dropped it by the Chargers. I think he was dropped. But it was the first game that I'd seen him at. And just unreal. Like, who the heck is this guy? And then he got injured, I think, and and kind of was out for a little bit. And then he he was a stud. And then when he All came right, back from that injury, he was super durable, which was which yeah. was awesome. Yeah, his, so his thighs were like bigger around than my waist is. My waist is not small these days. All right, who else was on your list? <laughs> well, Frank, I'd say for my final, I got to bring in some sort of hip hop uh, thing to it. I, I'm really torn between a Jay Z or Tupac, but I think I'm going to go with Tupac on that one as my right, fourth man. of my Mount Rushmore. Man. I kind of. Uh, I was kind of a dream man myself. Yeah, Sproles really should be Hall of Fame. We'll see. We'll see if he if he makes it on the ballot. But he was just a lot of fun to watch. Yep. Absolutely. All right, man. What else do we got to do with these guys? Uh, what I are think we covering for today. Howard is Howard is next week. Just so you know, you guys don't want to miss that. He is Guinness Book of World Records, or at least was for a time the world's fastest reader. Harry Potter book, five minutes. Whole series. I don't know how many books there are. Multiply it by five, and he can tell you what happened. They get him on Cavuto or Fox News or whomever. Is Cavuto Cavuto's Fox News, right? Or he'll go on CNN whenever a new bill's passed. They used to have him on, you know, 2,000-page bill, and he'd just blow through it. It'd end up in a pile over on the floor. They would just flip the pages off. And then, you know, he'd be like, ah, Neil, I think the American people are going to be very unhappy with what that's on page 473. It's very discouraging to me as an American. <laughs> Oh, By the way, wait till you hear him talk. That's exactly how he talks. If you're listening, Howard, I'm sorry, but I do a very good impersonation of you. Uh, that's <laughs> but funny. Howard's the man. He's um he, he's going to drop some knowledge on you guys. We'll get Ed back here to talk about foreign tapes. And now we're going to track down, Lizzie, if you're still around, we're going to track down Lou or Ron to chat about their stuff. And uh, But anyway, what else are we chatting about for today? I think that's if you want to watch the back episodes, uh, makemorekeepmoreshow.com. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Spotify, Apple, Google, I think is where it's at right now, um, for the three podcast services. So you can always find those there and, uh, and check in on that. But I think that that covers it for today. Make sure you're spending your time with the right people. We're going to build you and up. the right books and the right, and the right podcast programs, audio, audibles, whatever, you know, yeah, there's a place for the Kardashians and the national Enquirer, but make sure that's not the majority of what you're consuming. All right, guys. John, have a good wait. Well, John, John's in Beverly Hills. John, you got to come down. Our, well, you got to go Dominic's way one of these days. All right, man. Take care, you guys. Have a great weekend. Stay out of trouble. And uh, just remember that, Lizzie, and I expect a full reporting once you get about three or four episodes in and let me know what you think. It's, it's a fantastic show. Dominic will thank me one of these days if he ever takes me up. One of these days. All right, you guys. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next week. Take All right. care. Thanks, everybody. Bye, lovely CJP. See you later. Take Bye. care, you guys. Bye, John. All of the crew.